0: We are asked all the time how our clients should set up their workspace. In our private practices, we always coach our clients on best practices for preparing to work and learn. Today, we're bringing that coaching to you. We are Stephanie Pitts and Rachel Cap, and together we co-host Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. We're so happy to have you here, and if you're new, we are two educational therapists in private practice. Rachel has Cap Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills, California, and Stephanie has My Ed Therapist in Redondo Beach, California. We both have teams and if you're interested in working directly with us, we'd be honored to hear from you. Our websites are listed in the show notes. This is our 100th episode, and we wanted to take just a moment to acknowledge it and talk about how you can help us celebrate. Thanks for being a listener. For those of you who have been with us from the start, we appreciate you. Those of you that are just joining us, welcome. Rach, how can they help us celebrate?
1: We wanted to let you know that we started a Patreon for Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. Patreon is a website that allows content creators like us to give you even more content. In exchange, we would be honored if you would donate $5 a month to become a part of that community. It's a really easy and simple way to support our mission and the work that we're doing. And as a thank you, we'll post extra content, extra interviews, and cool behind the scenes stuff that we don't share anywhere else. The link is www.patreon.com slash LearnSmarterPodcast. It is our honor to keep creating this podcast for you, and we love getting to do it. It's a really meaningful process for us and deeply aligns with our mission of providing broader access to and awareness of educational therapy. Again, the link is www.patreon.com/learnsmarterpodcast and we thank you in advance for supporting the work that we do and helping us to continue to be able to bring this meaningful content to you, our wonderful audience. Also, we wanted to let you know that we created a freebie for this episode, so if you're on our email list, you got that this morning in your inbox, and if you're in the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group, we also dropped it in there. If you're not a part of either of these communities, you can go to the episode pages on our website, LearnSmarterPodcast.com, and you'll be able to download it there, or join our email list and the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group. Now, let's get into the episode. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 100. Woo! <laughs> of Learn Smarter the Educational Therapy Podcast. Pierce, feel free to throw in some balloons <laughs> or confetti sounds right there. I'm Rachel Kat And I'm Stephanie Pitts. And if you're wondering who Pierce is, he's our wonderful editor who has been with us for a hundred episodes <laughs> as well. Yay! So Steph, before we get into the content of this episode, I think you and I deserve to take a moment with each other and just think, wow. We've recorded a hundred episodes, Steph. We've released a hundred episodes. There yeah.
0: are probably a hundred and five episodes that we've recorded because we recorded the first one five times.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> we've heard the feedback from you that we've gotten better over time, which we are taking in the positive way, <laughs> and not we need to go back and re-record those early episodes because there's good content in those early ones. But we're definitely much calmer and more fluid with each other and just like the mechanics of podcasting have gotten so much easier hearing our voices oh yeah have gotten so much easier yeah it really has thank goodness <laughs> i've never asked you this stuff seriously how have things changed for you as a result of this podcast that's a good
0: question. I would say there have been a couple of times where somebody has come up to me and I have no idea who they are. And they say, I listen to your podcast
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. But also I understand where they're coming from because podcasts that I listen to, I feel like I know those people. Yeah. And it was totally the same scenario. Yeah. And so that's something that's definitely interesting and changed.
1: What about you? First of all, those fangirl, fanboy moments are super fun for us because for you and I, we're just sitting, talking into the computer, talking to each other, having conversations we would have anyway. (laughs) So it almost startles me when people tell me that they've listened. If we're getting into the chronology of this podcast, what's happened in our lives since we've started recording almost two years ago is I've gotten married, I've moved, bought a home. You've moved. Our practices have grown. I got Fritzy Dog. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just been a lot of personal growth and change. But also, I think in terms of the podcast, I think it's made us better practitioners. Yeah. As we are forced to sit down and think about what we think about things in order to produce the content. It's true. For our audience. When you're forced to sit down and write what you think about something... It solidifies things that you just had not looked at in such a concrete way before. And I know that it informs my treatment with clients. Mm -hmm. And I love those moments when something brilliant is happening with a student and I go, oh, this is an episode. Mm -hmm. Which happened last week for me. I was in the middle of the COVID 19 pandemic, I was doing a session. Last week, out in my backyard, sitting in a beach chair, I sent you the text, the picture of me, right? That's great. I couldn't find my regular sunglasses, so I was wearing these heart-shaped sunglasses that I only ever wear to Palm Springs, and Fritzy was sitting next to me. I was like in a beach chair and flip-flops, and I was doing something with this client. I'm like, you know what? This is a great episode, and having that outlet, this has been a really creative endeavor for Mm -hmm. us, and I wouldn't have thought of myself as a creative person, really. Very linear, don't you think? Yeah. (laughs) But having an outlet where we can share the things that we're doing with clients that have been impactful for them and hopefully reach other people, it's freaking awesome. It is. It also reminds us to do it again. Because we've solidified what we think and now it's there and it's written down somewhere and it's almost codified. Yeah. This helps when we're training our teams and they have questions and we can go, here, listen to this episode and then let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. You and I have been surprised that our audience has so many learning specialists in it because we really conceived with this podcast for parents. And so shifting content to support that part of our audience, we hope that the learning specialists, educational therapists who listen are taking things and improving the lives of their clients. Yeah, we hope it's meaningful. Which we do hear from you when you've used a strategy and it's worked. And that makes us feel really good.
0: Yeah, and then that helps the mission. The mission being to
1: help as many kids as we can. Expand awareness about what we do and help support families. And I know this is very off topic, but I do want to share with you, Steph, that whenever Adam goes to the store, he always brings home flowers for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here on my table staring at the flowers that he brought home like three weeks ago from the grocery store because we haven't been. And they look like the rose in Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. They're so sad looking. (laughs) They're all bent over. It's time for them to retire. It's time, but I'll probably wait for Adam to do it, let's be (laughs) honest.
0: Classic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Smarties, thanks for being with us for 100 episodes and for sharing and making us feel like we still want to do this. Agreed. So let's get into it. All right. So we've been asked this question many a time. Particularly from parents who want us to tell them that their child should not be doing homework in their bed. Yeah. Right? I will report you're in bed right now. 100%. (laughs) So how do you feel when parents want us to step in and tell their kids, no, 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 you need to be at a desk? During normal circumstances, I
0: would say absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're recording this during the COVID pandemic, and I have been working with a lot of clients who are in their bed because that's just a personal space, Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with it. But usually, teenagers who tend to do homework late at night in their bed are going to fall asleep. Yep. And that is not a reasonable situation. It is not healthy for anyone. Not getting good sleep and not what your bed is meant for.
1: I will add... Another reoccurring theme of our podcast, something that we've really learned over the course of podcasting is picking your battles. (laughs) And sometimes there are triggers for parents spelling being one of them, missing assignments being another and working in your bed being a third that are not the biggest fish to fry right now. So that's often a conversation that we're having one-on-one with our clients. And if you want to hit us up and see what we think about your particular situation, it's just sometimes there are more important things to address and shift and change first and then get to this. So that's what we always talk about, that educational therapy isn't a linear process and it's not always going to look the way you think it should because we're looking for outcomes and we're trying to set reasonable things up so that we can have the positive outcomes that we want.
0: I want to add with some kids, it might be where we start. Totally. It just depends on the learner and that's why it's so individualized.
1: Yep. So if you are at a point in educational therapy or with your learner that you do want to set them up and we know lots of families are figuring out workspaces for their kids and if you go back a few episodes we did offer up our webinar for free that we did right as the pandemic was starting about how to make schooling at homework for your learners. We're adding that to the show notes right now. We go into a lot of this information on that webinar, but we felt it was enough content and it was important enough to be our standalone episode. So here are our tips for setting up a homework routine and a homework space for learners. So Steph, number one.
0: Number one is set up a space free from distractions. So what do we mean by this? That means if you have a busy kitchen and your learner is doing homework at the kitchen table and people are coming in and out and you're making dinner and there's phone calls and there's TV, TV in the background and there's just too much going on, then oh, you have to clear the table even though you're in the middle of assignment because we need to eat dinner here. That is not going to be a good space for your learner to be doing homework. It's just too many disruptions. And so many kids have so much trouble shifting between situations and activities and subjects even. Disrupting that is going to wreak
1: havoc on their homework routine. What you're really talking about is the task switching of – being pulled in and out of your work. And we've talked about task switching in many, many of our episodes, particularly in the executive functioning series. But I can share a real world anecdote of my husband and I trying to figure out where we're going to work while we're both working from home. And for the first several weeks that we were home, Adam was working on our dining room table in the morning. And then as I needed to work with you or Mm -hmm. clients, he was going into the bedroom. Both rooms have televisions. And eventually he said, I want to try it out in the office, which I don't really like working in the office because it's just not set up for me yet. And he says his productivity has soared because he's in a room without a television. Of course, I just said, why don't you just not turn the TV on? (laughs) And He just said if he's in a room with the TV, he wants it on. So it helps him have some boundaries. And so now we each know where we're supposed to be working every day. But it took us a few weeks to figure this out. It's an adjustment for sure. What's the second thing? So the second thing is having a clean space. We've talked about this on other episodes before, but having open space that is not cluttered up with stuff that you don't need is really, really critical. I took some time over the weekend to clean up our table because it does become a dumping ground for us. And for us, I mean, for me, Adam's (laughs) very good at putting things away and I am not at home all the time. So having a clean space is critical. It creates a clean mind. And we've talked about this before that the research shows when college students are going into finals, that's when all the laundry gets done. That's when all the clothes get hung up. That's when all the spaces get organized and cleaned. Because first of all, it's an easy way of procrastinating, Mm -hmm. but really it's because you need that openness in order to openly work. Mm -hmm. That's why I love working at the library. I mean, when we were allowed to go to the library, if I had a bunch of things to do and the library that I would go to only had two-hour parking, well, perfect. Now I'm timed out. I have a bunch of things to do. It's quiet. And I have a hard out because I will not pay for the extra parking. (laughs) So (laughs) creating that clean space is really critical. Steph, what would you add?
0: I think the next thing is making sure that you have everything you need so you don't need to keep Going to get it or find it. Say it again, Steph. Say it again. This is so important. Have everything you need so you don't need to keep going to get it or to find it. This has really been enlightening for my learners in this virtual time. Because normally I say that they have to bring their backpacks and bring all the things. And then you have everything. Right. And now it's been, well, I don't know where I put my planner. Right. I don't know. Well, let me go get that book or let me go get that thing. And even if I've asked at the beginning of session, do you have everything that we're going to need? And they say yes, but then they don't. Yep. So this is where making a list is helpful. Yep. And knowing what you're going to need before you get there, this is another really important thing in executive functioning to help plan.
1: So number four, put the phone away. This is a good tip for everybody. Yeah. If you have notifications popping up on your laptop, we do not need text notifications popping up on your laptop. And I can see it in Zoom when my clients are screen sharing that that notification is on (laughs) and we turn it off. Because believe me, their phones are buzzing. Their phones are lighting up. Their phones are doing all the things. Mm -hmm. I have almost no notifications on my phone beyond text messages. I don't get email notifications because it was creating, quite frankly, a lot of anxiety for me. And it's been that way for years. So put the phone away. Model this behavior for your family if you can. And we all need to do the best we can with that. It's true. Number five is plan out how
0: long each thing will take you. And I do this all the time with my clients because one of the things with executive functioning and especially with students who have ADHD is they don't feel time. So I have students that say, oh, it's going to take me five minutes. And then it actually takes them 45 minutes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so – we time things, we see how long it's going to take, then I have them time it and see how long it actually took. But for students that have been with me for a while, they have a much better understanding of how long things are going to take. And this helps them plan out and have realistic expectations for the night. Not, I'm going to read an entire chapter of AP US history tonight. Right. Well, there's not enough time in the night for that and all your other homework. So Figuring out how long it takes you to read a few pages and how are we going to break it up and chunk it. You know beforehand how long this homework is going to actually take. Kids don't want to be homework compliant because they think it's going to take hours and hours and hours and it actually sometimes only takes 10 minutes. Right. So helping
1: them plan out all of those things is extremely helpful. And knowing that it takes time to build the muscle Mm -hmm. of knowing how long things will actually take. We've advocated on managing time episodes guessing and then actually tracking how long it actually takes. You know, it's funny Steph. I didn't tell you about this. I found a new Instagram account this morning Mm -hmm. and it is so interesting to me that tracking in a variety of different ways is actually the way to have success. So for example, Weight Watchers wants you to track what you're eating, Mm. right? It's staying accountable. I found a new money Instagram account. I'll send it to you later because you'll like it too. And the way she teaches is track your money. And we're saying track your time. It's really hard to be diligent all the time with everything, but time blocking helps and all sorts of different things that we've talked about in calendaring episodes and time management episodes in the executive functioning series are really, really helpful. Number six, we absolutely believe in this. You start with the hardest thing first. I'm just going to say that. That's when you have the bandwidth is in the beginning. If you think of yourself as a tank, like the analogy you always give with the gas tank stuff, Mm -hmm. when do you have the most gas? When you've just put the gas in, Mm -hmm. which is usually after they've slept or eaten, right? Yep. Or ate. Rather. Not when they're running on fumes at exactly 9
0: p.m. and they've been going all day and already had soccer practice and yep. didn't eat dinner until a few minutes ago. That's too much. The thing that's the hardest is going to be the non preferred task. So it's very hard to start with that. But if you can practice that, it gets a lot easier. Sometimes with students, I do by subject. Yep. And every day they need to do the same
1: routine of which subject goes first. That's really something I should implement more of telling them the order of subjects that they're allowed to go through. I don't formalize it in that way. And that's a really good tip. Thanks for that. Yeah. Another good reason that doing this podcast is meaningful (laughs) for us too. Yeah, exactly. All right.
0: Number seven, use timers. And we love this one. Baking timers in particular But you can also use your phone, you can use an egg timer, whatever timers you have. This can be used if you have decided how long something is going to take, you can put that in the timer. If you feel like you can work for a certain amount of minutes, you can put that in the timer. There's a lot of ways to use timers to your advantage, depending on what feels right for you and your learner. The last one, which we've been talking about,
1: (laughs) number eight. (laughs)
0: speaking of distractions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Number eight, take breaks, but have the breaks be planned in. have them be reasonable. And we're not breaking in the middle of a thought if we're writing or in the middle of an assignment. So as you're planning out how long things are going to take and set your timers, planning in that break so that student knows when they're standing up next, really important.
0: And the last one is schedule. And I just talked about some of the schedule. But the other part of schedule that we mean is having your learner know what they have after school. Right. Do they have soccer practice? Do they have a doctor's appointment? Do they have to go to this, that, or the other? Do they know that they're not going to have as much time today as they will tomorrow? So that assignment that's due three days out, they're not going to be able to get it all done tonight. Or they're not going to be able to get it all done tomorrow, so they need to do it tonight. This is another example of knowledge is power. The more that they know what they have going on, the order they should do it, and how long it should take, that breeds success.
1: Smarties, we are so honored to be able to bring meaningful content like this episode. We wonder what you've already taken away from this and the other lessons that we've taught on the podcast. If you are interested in supporting our mission to be able to continue bringing meaningful content like this to you, please consider joining our Patreon community. The website is www.patreon.com slash LearnSmarterPodcast, and we are honored that you would consider sharing some of your resources with us. So thank you, Smarties. Now back to the episode. So Smarties... We can't thank you enough for being with us for 100 episodes. If you have been here from the beginning, thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you're new here, go back and listen. We have 100 episodes of wonderful content that, quite frankly, I'm really proud of the work that we've done, Stuff. Yeah, so. me too. I'm proud of us. It has been a pleasure partnering with you, and I can't wait for the next 100. <laughs> <laughs> to the next 100. To the next 100. And when this is all over, we will be going to the spa and we will be having our celebratory spa day. Oh, yes. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. That'll be when we're allowed to be around people. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Have a great week, Smarties. See you in the next 100. Have a great week.